This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. Experience the empowering feeling of the Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Get $750 cash towards the lease of our 2024 NX350 all-wheel drive. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease cash offer and pricing details. Restrictions apply. Not all customers will qualify. Offer available in the Lexus Eastern area until April 1st, 2024. Finally, the Sacramento Kings deliver the performance that we have been waiting for since the trade deadline. The Kings defeating the Chicago Bulls in such a complete fashion that it's something that far outweighs draft lottery odds. And I'll tell you why on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. You are Locked on Kings. Your daily Sacramento Kings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time, time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento Sports Media member for the last seven years. This is my eighth season covering Kings basketball, now with ABC 10 News here in the California capital. And what a fun night of basketball we were treated to. Even if the Kings didn't put together that good of a performance, I think this would have been a fun night for me uh, because the Chicago Bulls have been the Eastern Conference team. Every single year I adopt an Eastern Conference team to kind of follow and root for. The Chicago Bulls have been that team for me this year. Uh, So I've been a huge fan of Bulls basketball. I've watched not nearly as much Bulls basketball as I have Kings basketball, of course, but the Bulls are number two and it's not even close. Uh, so anytime I get the opportunity to watch the Bulls, I'm I'm happy this season just based off of how they've been playing. And to see the way the Sacramento Kings played the Chicago Bulls, how tough they made it on this Bulls squad from start to finish and how they were able to take a trend that has been worrisome in recent weeks, right? The Kings building big leads. Once again, they built a 20-point lead. That lead got down to as low as two, and the Kings were able to hold on and actually get the victory at home. We saw lessons learned, and more importantly, as I'm going to get into here throughout this entire podcast tonight, we saw the performance that we have been waiting for from the new Sacramento Kings. And I use air quotes there because I'm not just talking about this Kings team as a whole. I'm, uh, as a whole, I'm talking about the players specifically that we believe are going to be around or have the best chances of being around on a playoff Kings team next season, or at least a team not just with playoff hopes but playoff expectations. So that's why when I saw Dante Divincenzo getting the start. I was very invested into this game. And Dante DiVincenzo is absolutely my performance of the night. And we're going to talk about him here in just a second. But first, I have to talk about this Kings team as a whole. Because they won this game with consistent, engaged effort on both ends of the floor. It's no surprise that with DeMontis Sabonis returning from both his suspension and his personal uh, issues, we missed the last game for, uh, or his personal absence, um, it's no surprise that the Kings ball movement offensively is better when DeMontis Sabonis is on the floor. 
no, not shocking at all. Like you, you can see immediately how much better the ball moves when Sabonis is on the floor. But also we have to give credit uh, to the Kings guards. De'Aaron Fox, I thought, did a very good job moving the basketball and, and not just looking to score himself. He didn't just have to score now that Sabonis was back in the lineup. Um, and then even guys like Davion Mitchell off the bench, who I'm going to talk about, continuing that ball movement. The tempo in this game was fantastic from start to finish. It really felt like the Kings, with the exception of that like stretch in the, the, the fourth quarter, late third, early fourth quarter, it, it felt like the Kings were playing their brand of basketball, and they forced the Chicago Bulls to match their brand of basketball. Now, the Bulls... They have enough talent, they have enough youth, they have enough uh, athleticism to be able to play and transition and be effective in transition too. So it's not like the Kings so drastically forced the Chicago Bulls out of their comfort zone that they completely fell apart. That's not the case at all here. But the Kings played to their strengths in this game. Offensively, they moved the basketball, they got out in transition, they tried to push the tempo, and they were doing it off of good defensive stops. And what were the Kings doing defensively that's different from the piss poor defense that we've seen all season long. They were engaged. They were active. They were communicating. When we saw the Kings double teaming or closing out, one of the best things they did in this game is they took away passing lanes and they deflected the ball. Now, deflections is a stat that I think should be kept track on uh, in, a, in a in a box score. It might not if you get like 10 deflections in a game, I don't know if that would count as like a, a triple double with 10 rebounds and 10 points or anything like that. But deflections are an, an extremely important number that almost every, I think actually every single coaching staff in the NBA and most coaching staffs across basketball period keep track of. Because uh, when you get a deflection, you're disrupting the flow of your opposing offense. And by disrupting the flow, you make things immediately easier on yourself to actually get a stop. And from the get-go in this game, the Kings, when they were closing out on shooters or when they were switching on defense, which we know they like to do a lot, they were taking away passing lanes. They weren't allowing themselves by get, to get beat by basic fundamental pick and rolls or one-two play uh, from guys. They were deflecting balls. That was resulting in steals. They were getting out in transition off of those steals. And it wasn't like... I mean, the Kings, in starting Dante DiVincenzo, they had a better defender out there in their starting lineup, without a doubt. But... It wasn't like the Kings all of a sudden woke up this morning and just discovered how to play defense and suddenly they were a good defensive team. They just played hard. They communicated. They played together. They made life difficult. And that is something that you don't necessarily have to teach because it's effort-based. It's just being a unit that trusts each other. And what I saw on the defensive end specifically, because we've seen this team, this these new uh, group of guys already established trust on the offensive end. And that's not surprising at all with the offensive talent on this roster. But defensively tonight, we saw a team that started to trust each other, that believed that the guy behind them had their back as long as they did their part to make sure that guy wasn't left on an island. And that's a big thing with the, the guard defensive play with this Kings team. The Kings perimeter defense is horrific. And a lot of that makes the bigs look bad because the bigs are put in a, a no man's land where they either have to help out and get blown by or pick up a foul or they leave their man wide open in the paint who gets an easy feed, an easy dunk or an easy layup. And they're the ones that look bad uh, when it's all said and done defensively, the Kings have not been great anywhere on the floor. Their rim protection could be significantly better. Their paint protection could be significantly better, but it starts with perimeter defense where the Kings have really fallen apart. And this is not anything new to this season. This has been an issue for this Kings team for well over a decade. In tonight's game, we saw an engaged perimeter defense that when those passes to the interior were trying to happen, or even when kickout passes from the interior to an open uh, shooter on the perimeter were happening, 
The Kings were getting in those passing lanes, cutting off those passing lanes, deflecting those passes, buying themselves even a half a second for somebody to rotate, get a hand in a face. It makes all the difference in the world. And we got to see that defensively. That is something that this Kings team can easily do on a nightly basis if they're engaged enough. Now, they're not going to take on a team as good as the Chicago Bulls on a nightly basis. They need to be able to play that way regardless of the talent that they're facing, which is a whole other issue that this Kings team has dealt with, uh, period. But even with the game that De'Aaron Fox had, even with DeMontis Sabonis returning to the lineup, the two best players on the Kings team, I'm going to put them in next segment. I'm not even talking about them yet because I have to talk about Dante DiVincenzo, who is absolutely my player of the game here, and Davion Mitchell. And in, in a recent podcast, I actually appeared on ESPN 1320's D'Lo and Casey and talked about this on their airwaves today. But in a recent podcast last week, I, I, I said that Alvin Gentry was wasting the Kings time because he was starting guys like Justin Holiday at the two. And I know Holiday is a player that I like and he's under contract next year. So it's not not, not necessarily the, the, the best example, but Dante DiVincenzo, is someone that we expect to be around and be more part of a Kings core and a Kings playoff push next season than Justin Holiday. Can we all agree on that? I don't think that's that outlandish to say. I think that's very clear. So starting Dante DiVincenzo with De'Aaron Fox, especially when you're not sure who your starting two guard is going to be, to me, that is the proper use of the remainder of the season. And DiVincenzo not only rewarded the Kings with a good idea of what he can be as a starting two, he rewarded Alvin Gentry with a victory. Dante DiVincenzo was fantastic in this game. From the get-go, he was deflecting uh, passes. He was getting out in transition. He wasn't just looking for his shot and chucking up threes. He was trying to attack the basket. He was diving for loose balls. He was as engaged as we have seen him. He has not looked that good in a game that I have watched since last season before his ankle injury and his ankle surgery. Like this was the Dante DiVincenzo that the Sacramento Kings tried to acquire in the Bogdan Bogdanovich sign and trade a couple of off seasons ago. This DiVincenzo is capable of being a starter on a nightly basis for the Sacramento Kings and giving them a legitimate chance to put together a playoff push. Now the Kings, of course, also have to upgrade their four spot. And I don't know if there's anybody on this roster currently that could be that guy at the four spot. Although I do want to share some love for Trey Lyles, which I'll get to. But DiVincenzo to me proved that he can be that fit starting two guard with this group. And that's context that I needed that I didn't have yet. Now, one game is just one game. It's not a big enough sample size. Dante DiVincenzo should be starting at the two spot for the remainder of the season, regardless of the Kings record, regardless if the Kings are out of the playoff uh, playing race or still in the playoff playing race. If they're winning, they're losing. I don't care. Dante DiVincenzo needs to be starting at the two for the remainder of the season to see if what we saw out of him tonight, the effort, the intensity, the hustle, the uh, engagement that he had on both ends of the floor, if that is going to carry through the remainder of the season. If that's not just a once every uh, every once in a while thing, because if it is, then he's not capable of being the two guard starter that the Kings are needing for next season. That's context we're only going to get by him still being in the starting lineup. So I applaud Alvin Gentry for making that move. And like I said, he was rewarded by 
a uh, DiVincenzo performance in 35 minutes or just under 35 minutes, 15 points on just nine shots, three of five from three point range. He was catching and shooting, which is where he's at his absolute best. Wasn't just chucking up threes, although he did have a couple heaves. Uh, they're typically kind of late in the shot clock, and I don't necessarily fault him for that. Also, four four from the free throw line, seven rebounds, four assists, a steal. Like Dante DiVincenzo was all over this stat column. I mean, this uh, this stat sheet. Every single column, he seemed to make some sort of impact. He was excellent and is absolutely, without a doubt, my player of the game tonight. But a close second is Davion Mitchell. Davion Mitchell coming in off the bench in 26 minutes, providing 16 points on 7 of 14 shooting, 2 of 4 from the free throw line. We know what Davion Mitchell can do defensively. And what I love is that a lot of the minutes that Davion Mitchell was playing was next to De'Aaron Fox. So even if Mitchell wasn't starting at the 2, we saw extended minutes of him with your guy going forward. That is context that the Kings are going to use this offseason. That is great work by Alvin Gentry. Great work. And again, Davion Mitchell rewarded Gentry with a win and a good performance. We know what Davion can do defensively. The hustle that you get from both Davion Mitchell and Dante DiVincenzo is something that this Kings team needs so desperately bad on a nightly basis, and it's wonderful to see. But in addition to that, we saw Mitchell aggressive, engaged offensively, hitting outside shots, getting to his spots, recognizing when it's time to go and when it's time to hold back. It was a non-rookie performance out of Davion Mitchell tonight. It was a performance of someone who comes into the league with multiple years of college experience that should be ahead of where most rookies are. That's what I saw from Davion Mitchell in this game. That's what I absolutely love. That's the context that I need from a guy that still has a chance to be the starting two guard for the Kings next season, but a guy that probably at worst is going to be your sixth or seventh man off the bench next year. Context that I needed Davion Mitchell provided. Now, like I mentioned earlier, still a big question mark with this Kings team is that starting four spot. I think that is going to be their main position that they try and fill this offseason, whether it's through the draft, through free agency, through trades. I have no idea what the Kings are going to do, but that is a spot they desperately need to upgrade. That being said, Trey Lyles has embraced that starting four role for the Kings in recent times, and he hasn't been exceptional. He hasn't been stellar. He hasn't even been really great but he's been solid. He's been good. He flirted with a double-double tonight in just under 24 minutes, nine points, 11 rebounds, three of four from the field. He did a great job on the offensive glass with four offensive rebounds. The Kings uh, got a lot of second chance points, 16 second chance points, six of 10 on second chance opportunities in this game. That was a big difference for them, especially in the first half when they were building that 20-point lead. Like Trey Lyles, I think, deserves respect. Now, do I think Trey Lyles is going to be a long-term solution for the Kings of the four? No, not if they want to be a good team next year. Not if they want to be a playoff team next year. And I don't even know if Trey Lyles is going to be a Sacramento King next year, even in a rotation role coming off the bench. But he deserves credit for what he's doing right now. And he has been impactful for the Kings at that starting four spot. He was certainly impactful in the Kings getting their 25th victory of the season tonight. Yeah, we're already at the first ad break, and I haven't talked about De'Aaron Fox or DeMontis Sabonis yet. I'm going to talk about them. Plus, I'm going to explain to you why I will take this type of performance, win or lose, but thankfully the Kings won, why I will take this over draft lottery odds every single time without hesitation. I'll explain more after I tell you about Bet Online. Look, some of us can be honest 
and say that we probably lost money on betting against the Sacramento Kings tonight. Typically, if you're betting against the Sacramento Kings, especially against a team like the Chicago Bulls, you're in a good position to make some money. But tonight, maybe we weren't as successful. Or maybe you cashed in on your belief that the Kings could put together a performance like this. Regardless, if you're doing any sports betting, make sure you're doing it on Bet Online. It's that time of the year again. College basketball's tournament finally upon us here in the month of March from all the latest odds, contests, and player props. BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and information. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all the sports wagering information needs that you have, including live betting and even your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at BetOnline, where the game starts. Dante DiVincenzo, my player of the game. Davion Mitchell, a close second. De'Aaron Fox, third. And it's crazy to say that the guy who scored 34 points with six assists on 13 to 25 shooting that guy is not your player of the game, is not your second best player of the game, but your third best player of the game. But that's the case. Like De'Aaron has been on an absolute tear over the last 11 games. Like his averages are over 30 points a game. He's shooting over 50% from the field, flirting around 40% from three-point range. His assist numbers have been up, although six assists, not as high necessarily as I wanted it, but also not surprising with Demonte Sabonis back in the lineup that those assists would dwindle a little bit. But overall... De'Aaron Fox has been on an absolute tear as of late, and it's nice to see him continue that in a game that resulted in a win for the Kings, and he stepped up in big moments offensively when the Kings needed him to. And the fact that you can get a 34-point performance from De'Aaron Fox while also getting four other guys in double-figure scoring, that suggests to me that De'Aaron doesn't just need the ball in his hands and doesn't need to dominate and put up empty stats in order to get those big numbers. He's had to do that recently with Sabonis out of the lineup and with the Kings not giving him enough help. Guys like Harrison Barnes not giving him enough help. Dante DiVincenzo, Davion Mitchell. These guys weren't stepping up in recent 40 and 30 point games that Fox has put together in Kings losses. Fox stepped up again with a 34 point performance here and got help from his teammates. Big difference there which is why I don't think it's fair to call the recent games that resulted in losses where De'Aaron went off empty stat games. Because even if he could have done a better job in some areas, of course, defensively, he can always do a better job and would have been nice for him to close out those games with doing what needed to be done, carrying the team to a victory. Sure, that would have been nice for everybody that's not on the draft lottery odds bandwagon. But it's a team sport. De'Aaron needs help. Tonight, he got help in a major way on both ends. And he still put up a big performance that was necessary for the Kings to end up closing out this game and winning 112 to 103. 34 points, six assists, or rather, uh, six, yeah, six assists, six rebounds, a steal. I'll take that performance from De'Aaron Fox every single night. And again, the next step for Fox is being able to, to provide these performances all season long, not just in the final third or the second half of the season. Fox has a reputation of getting off to slow starts. Fox is a slow starter, blah, blah, blah. Like that's not an excuse for me anymore. Can't be an excuse next season. De'Aaron Fox needs to play the way that he's playing right now from game freaking one. Because if he waits for the Kings to be in a five, six, seven game under 500 hole, the Kings are probably in the same exact position next season as they are right now. 
So there's still pressure on Fox. Just because he's on the incredible stretch right now doesn't mean that he's forgiven of the sins and struggles from earlier on in the season. It's also not fair to expect him to carry out this 11-game stretch over the course of 82 games. I'm not expecting that at all. I'm not expecting him to average 30-plus points per game. But you best believe he should be averaging 25 from day one. Why can't he? There is no reason why. Especially with how much money he's played, how much expectation is on him, and how much the team needs it in order to be successful. But then DeMonta Sabonis came back, and that's a big difference too. Sabonis does so many great things. Actually, back up. There's another thing about De'Aaron Fox that I want to talk about. His three-point shooting percentage didn't end up being as good as it felt like it was. He finished three of eight from three-point range, but he was red hot from three-point range to open up this game. And the confidence that Fox is shooting from three is the best I've seen all of his, just his entire career. He is shooting step-back threes, threes in rhythm, threes in transition, off the dribble, catch and shoot. They look clean. He's shooting them without hesitation versus the hesitation, the clear hesitation that we saw with him putting up threes at the beginning of the season where he would get a kick-out wide-open three and you'd see him hold on to it for a second or two to kind of, you know, look to see if it is the best shot and then line up the shot and make sure that he's in the right position for it. Like, we're not seeing that now. We're seeing Fox catch and shoot fluid, without hesitation, and the ball is falling. I love the three-point shooting that I'm seeing out of De'Aaron Fox. Now to DeMontis Sabonis. No surprise to the Kings. Like I said earlier, their ball movement was better because Sabonis was playing in this game, without a doubt. Now for Sabonis, what's kind of exciting is that Sabonis didn't have a great game. He had a good game. He didn't get a double-double, which is shocking for DeMontis Sabonis. He had 22 points. Just seven rebounds. And I say just seven rebounds, but did get to the free throw line 10 times, knocked down all 10, love that number, but struggled from the field. Six of 15. He was doing a good job getting position on Nikola Vucevic, but he just wasn't finishing around the rim as much and as well as Kings fans would expect and as he expects. But the fact that the Kings can beat a team like the Chicago Bulls with just a good game from Sabonis, that's huge because what happens when he puts together a great game? What happens when De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis both put together great games at the same time with a consistent supporting cast like what you got out of DiVincenzo and Davion Mitchell? Now, not everybody was perfect. Harrison Barnes, only six points in this game. One of those offensive nights where he just faded away. 37 minutes, took just eight shots, two of eight from the field. Defensively did some solid things. Also had six rebounds, six assists. So I'm not saying that he was useless by any means, but this is another example of what if you got more offensive production out of Harrison Barnes? And another question, are the Kings capable of getting that kind of offensive production out of Harrison Barnes on the nights where Sabonis or Fox or both are getting theirs? I think he absolutely should, especially with the amount of tension that both of those two draw. I still see some hesitation with Barnes on shooting three-point shots. Want to see him put up more than those. Even in a game where you did win and you didn't necessarily need it, although for a time, the Kings certainly could have used it in that third and fourth quarter. But still only eight field goal attempts? It's not enough for me. I get, I understand that Barnes is a smart player and he's not just going to chuck up shots for the sake of chucking up shots. And I'm not wanting him to just throw up 12, 13 attempts a game willy-nilly. But surely, Harrison Barnes can get more than eight good looks a game in a win or a loss, regardless of who's on the floor with him. So if I had to be nitpicky about anything, I guess that's what I'm choosing to be nitpicky about. Guys, 
these wins are what I've been asking for. These performances are exactly what I've been asking for for the remainder of this season. This gave me, this was my favorite game of the year by far. And the Kings have had better, more exciting offensive explosion games. They've scored 130, 140 points. Those games have been fun too. But this is the kind of performance that I have been waiting for from this new group. Performance that reminds me how good this team can be, gives important context for this offseason and for next season, and gives me an idea of what this Kings team is capable of even before they've had a full training camp and significant time together. I know draft lottery odds are important. I've made that argument myself here on Locked on Kings many times recently, and I'm not diminishing anybody who's listening to this podcast right now who would have preferred the Kings to lose this game, who are actually excited with the Kings potentially blowing another 20-point lead. I'm not diminishing that. I'm not saying you're wrong. Because like I've said before, the logical argument is that draft lottery odds are the best way for this Kings team or the the, the better route for the Kings to take this offseason in order to make the improvements that they're looking to make. But what's happening on the floor right now is important. Very important. And what we saw on the floor tonight is tangible evidence of what this Kings team can be. And it is more important to me for us to get actual, legitimate, real results than hypothetical lottery odds. A game of chance versus what's really happening. Reality versus chance. Tonight's reality was exactly what you want from the Sacramento Kings. I will take that over draft lottery odds every single time. Now, I'll update you on where the Kings are in the draft lottery standings now after tonight's win. And don't you worry, if you're wanting the Kings to lose, there's still three great chances for them to lose this week with how tough their schedule is. But this four-game homestand was brutal. I thought it was a very good chance that the Kings could go own 4 through it. The fact that they started it out with the win over the Chicago Bulls, that's awesome. I'll fill you in on the remainder of this homestand after I tell you about Rock Auto. If you're having auto parts problems, if you need auto parts needs, rockauto.com is your savior. Look, with all the parts, all the makes, all the models out there, it's nearly impossible to find exactly what you need, especially from your local chain auto parts store or dealership where they have their set price points, their set brands. You really don't have any negotiating power. You just kind of walk in there, say what you need, and they say it's this and this, and it's going to cost this amount of money. You have no wiggle room. There's no negotiations, no bartering, nothing. RockAuto.com allows you to save 30, 50, or even 100% more just by the variety of parts that they have, the variety of price points, and the fact that they treat every customer the same, regardless of if you are a car genius who could fix everything with one hand and your eyes closed, or if you're like me, where you look at a car and you just hope that it starts, and if it doesn't, then the world is ending, right? RockAuto.com is exactly what you need for your parts. For example, like brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet for your car. You can get it all on rockauto.com. Save yourself a bunch of money. They're a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. That's extremely important in today's uh, climate. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution, any solution, to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com.
Again, if you are on the draft lottery odds bandwagon, if you are somewhat disappointed by the Kings winning this game, if you think that overall it's a meaningless win, I disagree with you based off of how the Kings played. But if you're looking at the grand scheme of things in terms of winning percentage and you're looking at this tactically, I understand you having that thought. Let me reassure you that even though the Kings have created a little more separation now between themselves and the Pacers in the five spot, it's still not that drastic. The Pacers now have a game and a half lead, I guess, over the Kings in the tankathon or in the NBA draft lottery standings. They have the best odds still at the fifth overall pick. The Kings, a game and a half back for the sixth overall pick, still a game and a half ahead of the San Antonio Spurs for the seventh overall pick. So they're still comfortably in that six range. It's not like tonight's loss is putting them in a position to drop down to seventh. And the Kings are still uh, four games back of the Oklahoma City Thunder for the fourth pick. So in reality, if the Kings are moving up, it's more than likely going to be just one spot to five. And I understand fans fearful of the Kings winning too much. They drop down to as low as seven or even Portland at eight. I can't see them falling further past eight in their draft lottery odd standings. But the good news is, the good news is, that the Kings' schedule is still brutal. <laughs> really brutal. They might have beaten the Chicago Bulls, which is a really, really good win. A really good win. But they still have the Bucks, and then they have the Celtics, and then they have the Suns this week. Those are their next three games, all in Sacramento this week. Yeah. Wednesday night, the Bucks. Friday night, the, uh, the Celtics. Sunday night, the Suns. Yikes. <laughs> so if you are encouraging or rooting for the Kings to lose, I think you're going to be just fine. And I think in terms of draft lottery standings, the Kings are going to be just fine. That being said, in all three of these games, I want to see Dante DiVincenzo starting at the two, like we talked about. And I want to see elements of this Kings team. I want to see if the Kings are going to lose, lose close games or lose entertaining good effort games. There's no reason why the Kings can't do that in every single performance for the remainder of the season. That is my expectation. And that will not change. And if the Kings pull off more wins like this, exactly these kind of performances that I've been asking for, even if it results in them dropping from six to seven or six to eight in the draft lottery odd standings, I will take that without concern. I may be on an island with that, but that's where I'm at. I would take that without issue. But let me know how you're feeling after this Kings win. At Matt George Stack on Twitter, email me mattgeorgesports at gmail.com, uh, or you can leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section down below. I'm a happy camper tonight. If you are, let's talk about it. We don't get to be happy too much here, especially this season. But let's talk about it. And if you're upset, it's okay. Let's talk about it too. Let's figure this out. Let's figure out what you would need to see to be happy. But I think for the most part, even people who are rooting for draft lottery odds saw, watched this game, and couldn't help but be entertained and enjoy what they saw. Even if... It would have been better in your mind for the Kings to lose this game and, and to secure better lottery odds. You still have to see and recognize, and you did more than likely enjoy what you saw out of the Kings and how valuable that can be for this team going forward. But you probably need to see it more consistently. I need to see it more consistently, and that's the expectation for me for the remainder of this season. Thank you so much for listening to today's Locked on Kings podcast. Enjoy this win. Let's have some fun with it. It's nice to go to bed with a smile on my face. And we will talk 
more Kings basketball very soon. Like I mentioned, uh, the three games still to come this week, we will have post-game pods at least planned after all three of those games. Plus, Saturday is the Kings farewell uh, to uh, Arco Arena, and I'm going to be putting together a special Locked on Kings episode uh, honoring Arco Arena, sharing some of my personal stories about that building that I grew up in that I love so much. If you have stories or just memories that you want to share about Arco Arena, please send them to me, whether uh, you want to just tweet them at me or message them uh, to me in, in the comment section on YouTube or email them to me. That's great. Or if you are feeling up to it, want to record a video of yourself or just an audio track of yourself telling your story, I want to use some of those for that podcast. So f- feel free to send those to me. If you're recording videos or audio tracks, please email them to me. That's the easiest way for me to access them and actually get them on the pod. Again, you can do that Matt George Sports. Uh, at gmail.com. Thank you so much for your support. As always, can't wait to have you join me on the next episode. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked On Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.